Welcome to the CobraCast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Morning, mate. Oh, morning. You got, um, your, you got your cuppa? Oh, nah, mate, don't drink that shit. <sighs> yeah, well, you've been waiting there for me. Um, what day is it? Uh, it's, today's the uh, recording this, this Saturday. So we were in, uh, we did just get back in from Bangkok. Uh, yeah, well. I may have fallen asleep at the computer editing. Um, let's, you know. Yep. But why the hell are we up so oh, bloody early? That's right, mate. So uh, recording this, it's just after quarter past six on a Saturday morning. We're going to Cardiff today, mate. That is uh, in Wales. It's actually the capital city of Wales, mate. It's... Uh, Wales is located within the continent of Europe and across there at the moment is about quarter past nine on a Friday night. Okay. So how far away from Australia is it? How long is it going to take? Uh, well, mate, from Melbourne, where we are, it's about just over 17,000 kilometres away. And if we were to try and fly there direct, the airlines and everything were open and able to do it, it would take just over 24 hours to get there. Uh, fair enough. All right. It's going to... You've got your notes, mate. I know, I know that, uh, you may have just woken up and you're not very prepared this morning. You got your notes in front of you, or do you need me to give you a couple of seconds? And yeah, no, it's just um, trying to f- get the eyes to focus, mate. You know they're not getting any younger. So, uh, but I see here it it only covers around 215 square k, so it's not a very right. big place. Yeah. Can't be right at all, can it? It's not not big at all, but has a population just under 363,000. Uh, which makes it the most populated city in Wales. And um, yeah, okay. So it's a very could, small town, really. Like, yeah. sorry, a lot of, that's a lot of people for such a small area. Yeah, it'd be uh, pretty easy to spread COVID over there, wouldn't it, with so many people in such a small place? You'd think so, mate. But uh, when I was doing the research for all this type of stuff, it turns out Wales is actually a fairly on the lighter side of infections and everything for COVID around United Kingdom. So that's, that's always good to hear. Yes, yeah, um, definitely good to hear. What, what else is, uh, you know, Cardiff known for? Well, my, uh, you'll, you'll say that we've actually gone to visit this place when we're, over, when we're over there. Cardiff's most famous landmark is the Cardiff Castle. It was the first, the first fort was built way before it became known as the Cardiff Castle back in about 55 AD. That's uh, probably around the date of Killer's birthday, I reckon, mate. Yeah, or maybe his tenth birthday, but um... yeah, no, probably about that. But also, so it was used as a defensive location for the Romans back then. It started to become the castle of people know it is today around the eleventh eleventh century. So even the castle we know it as today is a yeah pretty bloody old. Yeah, all right. So killers, uh, 
20th birthday it became a castle nice um so their national sport is rugby union for some reason uh, all right this is different their national dish is coal i guess which is a traditional welsh soup similar to a stew okay yeah nice sounds not a bad way to have some dinner sounds uh, a bit so bigger Cardiff. than haggis that's for sure it's <laughs> a very good point um so Cardiff is the birthplace of plenty of famous people. They have some most. They do have a lot of famous uh, footballers or soccer players born over there. And speaking of soccer, uh, I was actually quite disappointed then to wake up. I was having a lovely dream about myself and Nathan By in Newcastle scoring a goal, winning goal for victory in the grand final. So it was unfortunate that you woke me up from that lovely dream. Um, it's not not the first time you you've had Nathan By in your dreams, that's for sure. But. First time involving soccer. Um, so they got former, what was I born there was former Manchester United star Ryan Giggs, former Tottenham, a shit player, and current Real Madrid star Gareth Bale, and former Liverpool, West Ham, among other teams, including his, you know, the home, his home team of Cardiff City. Uh, player Craig Bellamy. And no, no, not Craig Bellamy, the Melbourne Storm coach. Craig Bellamy, the Welsh footballer. All right, I thought you'd actually mention a name I actually recognise for once, but um, no. You don't recognise any of them? Oh, uh, well, oh, oh, West Ham, mate. That's my team. That's They're my team for sure. Um, oh, that's right. We spoke to Jamie and um, I think we were chatting about the, the game over there and your knowledge was Grand Street Hooligans and yep, yep. that's West Ham. But um, it's most, uh, it's, mostly for the off off the field stuff I enjoyed that movie for. But, yeah, but anyway. in, in reality, mate, like, what, why would you want to know these blokes? Manchester United, <laughs> Tottenham, like, yeah, Liverpool. I'll tell you what, though, mate, I'm going to mention this, but uh, myself and Dinger do hope Liverpool aren't crowned champions this year because we'd love to see Jorge Exotic just crawl back into his little show about how good they are. But yeah, nah, these blokes, mate, they're no, they play at shit club. So why would you even want to uh, know who they are? Besides, sorry, Craig Bellamy playing at Cardiff City. Like, yeah, good club, that one. All right. So you, you, the only word I understood out of any of that was Manchester United. Does David oh, Beckham still, still play David for Beckham? him? Nah, he's, he's gone away. Uh, mate, I don't know. I think he's actually starting up a team... Miami, I think it might be, or somewhere in America. But um, yeah, now I said clubs like Tottenham, mate. All you need to know about Tottenham is that we hate them, and what do we think of them? We think they're shit. You know, it's pretty much all we need to say. Oh, fair enough. I would, so, just, I would just put it. I'll throw this disclaimer in there and saying that uh, North London is red, so that way people might understand why I'm not a big fan of Tottenham. Again, I don't know what you're talking about. So anyway, Wales is the home country of superhero Pixie from the X-Men. Do you reckon she knows Wolverine? Oh, probably. Do you reckon uh, she's tried to get with Wolverine at all? And... Oh, I don't know if, if a Pixie could handle Wolverine. That's... <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. I was realised it's, it's still early, man. I'm, you know, I'm not used to needing to be PG at 6.20 in the morning, so bear with me. Um, so you want to know the, the rumour or the word around town about how AFL style, oh, sorry, Aussie rules started in Wales? Yeah, you just with it. 
All right. So Australian rules football was first played in Wales in 1944 when the 462 squadron played against the second Sunderland squadron. Formed teams, uh, so they formed teams based on state of origin. Victoria versus South Australia, Victoria versus Western Australia, uh, yeah, Western Australia versus South Australia, Victoria versus the rest of the country. Um, they, play, they played a match at Pem, Pembroke Dock. Do you know where that is, Rift? Uh, not a clue. Okay, cool. I was hoping you might be able to fill me in, but no, nah, all good. Um, however, in recent times, regular competition has been independently won, uh, run by the Wales Australian Rules Football League, or abbreviated to the Waffle. It's similar wow. to Waffle, but just wow. Waffle. Wow. Oh, you want to uh, nice. tell us, mate, when the Waffle got started? Yeah, so their first season kicked off in May of 2008. There's currently five teams that play in the Waffle. And um, the team we're about, the bloke we're about to talk to plays for one of the most successful teams in the Waffle, Cardiff Panthers. Uh, I think eight, eight premierships or something. Or... Yeah, I think it's eight we read up on. Um, when I was on the research for this, mate, I, obviously I'm not too sure we mentioned it, but... A lot of the uh, clubs in Wales have got connections and ties and their names come from the Sandfuls. So actually, it's not a bad uh, little something cool there. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been good to learn about these uh, Europe clubs and their connections back to Australia. So. Before we get going, mate, um, like obviously, you know, I was a bit late this morning, but you mind if you know, we've got about five minutes. I just you know, I've got to go to do some makeup, do my hair and all that type of stuff before we get going. I don't want to you know, get, get him on and me not be looking... Yeah, you know, my hair and everything looking the way yeah, it should be. No, no. Take your time, mate. You need oh, it. Cool, mate. Well, uh, <laughs> well, thanks, mate. It does take me a fair while to get this luscious mane intact. So, yeah, just give us five minutes, mate, and I'll be back, okay? Yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Cobracast with the present VP. Uh, welcome back, Get Dog. Are you, are you all right, mate? Yeah, no, I'm good now. Thanks, mate. It was just a little bit early this morning, so we're good now. Yeah, nice. All right. Today we are joined by uh, the president of the Cardiff Panthers, Scott Jones. How are you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Thanks. How are you going? You good? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, yeah, let's get into it. Let's find a bit about the Cardiff Panthers over in Wales. Uh, so when were the Cardiff Panthers founded and uh, why did you decide on the Panthers? So uh, it all started pretty much as far back as 2007. Um, it was um, founded by a chap called Bryce Stone, who's from South Australia. Big footy fan. He had Welsh roots. Uh, he came over to stay in Wales for a little while, loved the game, and uh, just wanted to see if he could try and get some footy sorted and get it off the ground. So it was modelled on the South Australian League, and um, all the teams there had the, the option to pick the teams that they wanted to follow to emulate one of the sides in the league. So uh, Panthers seemed the coolest. So I think we rolled with that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah. Card- Cardiff were one of the founding member teams of the uh, WARFL in 08. Uh, who was the first game against? Oof, uh, I got a feeling, if, if memory serves, I believe it was against the Double Blues. It was that long ago now. It's uh, quite a while ago. I think it was against the Double Blues, if I remember. Really. 
it was 12 years ago. Um, yeah. So you guys took the name the Panthers from the South Adelaide Panthers. Are you guys affiliated with them at all or is it just purely based on the name? Uh, we, we did have a, a bit of camaraderie a few years ago. Um, it sort of fizzled out a little bit. I think they've had a, a change of committee and stuff. And I think the, the, the link sort of fizzled out a little bit over those years. But just recently, we have reached out to them. We wanted to get in touch and, and, and actually create a, a strong connection with them and send some stuff their way, you know, and keep in touch with them, see what's going on with them and keep the link going, really. And just, you know, just let them know that, uh, that we're here and, you know, we're part of the, part of the same name. Yeah, hopefully they, um, you, know, you guys can get that connection up and back and running again. Um, so when you guys first started, how many players did you have and how many do you have now? Oh, wasn't, wasn't many. It was, uh, very few to be fair. There wasn't, there wasn't that many around because it was such a new game. It was very difficult to rope people into wanting to play it. But, uh, there's a fair few people out there that do have heard about it. We've seen the game played on channel four. We got, um, it's like an international sports program that gets played in the mornings and stuff. So there's a fair few people out there that have seen it and are really interested in it. And they're the ones that you, their eyes light up straight away and you can tell, but at the start, it was very few. We didn't have many at all to even feel the side. Um, but at the moment we get a regular, you know, 15, 20 guys every season. Now, some of them come, come and go throughout the years because some are uni students. Um, but yeah, we get solid numbers around the 15, 20 mark at the moment, but we, yeah, it's, it's come along really good in the last few years. No, it's good. One thing we've noticed actually talking to a lot of clubs around the world is how they have a, a lot of clubs have a women's team a lot earlier than uh, Australian clubs did. You guys have got a women's team. How did that come about and was it difficult to get off the ground? Yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah, that was a tough one. It was, um, it was a, a real, a real challenge. The, um, the league president, James Gibson, he, it was a bit of a, a baby that he wanted to see if he could try and get that going. He wanted to do it for, for years with time constraints of full-time work and running the men's league and various other things. Uh, it was quite tough, but then he really sort of knuckled down and decided, right, this is the year, we're going to do it. And um, yeah, he's, he's a very clued up chap. He knew what he was doing and he just started sort of advertising for girls in the area to come and play a, a new game. And it, it, yeah, it was amazing how quickly it got off the ground, to be honest. It seems to be like that all around the world. I think we're talking to Jamie yeah. from West Lothian. He was said exactly the same thing. It was sort of a, it was almost easier to get women to come down and have a run than what it was the men when they first started. Well, that's what it seems to have gone that way. To be fair, um, like we get good numbers with the guys, but in the space of well, less than three, four months of training sessions, there were more girls turning up than guys at one point. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's really, really big, big thing at the moment. The ladies' footy is really starting to take off now, and I think people are starting to notice it a bit more. And it's it's quite impressive, actually. The girls are really good; they listen, and they're, they're brilliant. Do you think it has a bit to do with uh, some of the smaller framed girls that aren't quite up to playing rugby? You know, think they might they might have a shot at playing Aussie rules. A bit, you know, a bit different, a bit a uh, faster paced game, and not as not as uh, not as physical as rugby. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so some of those guys that, um, as you said, probably lacking a little bit of that stature because, yeah, there's some uh, there's some big units out there that play rugby. So the smaller ones can certainly 
get into the physicality of the game, but also use their size to their advantage to be able to move around the pitch and stuff. So at the moment you show them this game, I think the the light bulb goes on. I think, yeah, this is me. I like this. Yeah. So uh, have you guys found it uh, difficult to get coaches over there? And, and sort of how many Aussies do you have over there playing? Um, it's always a tough one. It's, um, with... With the players, well, sorry, sorry, with the coaches, it's difficult because everybody works full time. There's a few of the guys here that's just started a young family and stuff, so they can't always fully commit uh, long term. So it is, it is a little bit difficult, but we do have a, a strong selection of um, a ring of older heads that have been around it for a while. So they're very reliable, and there's always somebody there that we can call on that's going that can step forward and and take the reins. Um, yeah. Yep. So is uh, rugby the main sporting background that you get most of your players from, or do you, you get guys from soccer and other sort of sports? Or yes, it's mostly football and rugby. Uh, top two games over here for sure. So yeah, the vast majority of the guys do have that background. Uh, we got a couple of other guys um, that have played. So we got it's a couple of guys that play lacrosse and have played lacrosse for. For Wales, I believe. Um, we've got a chap who does judo at a fairly good standard as well. Um, there's a couple of girls. Oh, there's a couple of guys that play field hockey as well. Um, and then we've got a couple of girls then that have a netball background. Um, and they've managed to transfer some of those skills. They can catch the ball out in front. You can you can see it quite clearly that they're happy to catch the ball out in front straight away. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good that. All different backgrounds. I'd, I wouldn't want to get caught in a tackle by a judo expert, though, that's for sure. No, definitely not. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of anything worse. Um, no, it's going to hurt, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to deviate for two seconds, Rifty, because I'm curious of this. Obviously, Cardiff City in the APL or Division One, whatever you want to call it, up and down. Not too sure if you're a fan of Cardiff City. But what's it like living in a town where that... Like, pretty much the main team in that town is top division, second division, top division, second division, constantly up and down. Uh, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. Uh, going up and down that many times. I mean, we've gone up, gone up and down twice now, I believe um, just recently with uh, Neil Warnock and then come sadly come back down again, but it's, it's certainly a roller coaster. Emotions are high. I'm, I'm not a master follower of it. Um, I want to see Cardiff do well. But I'm not a not a huge fan. Like some of my some of my friends, big followers, and they, they get into it big time. And then when it comes to playoffs and things, where they're trying to get into the Premiership, oh, it's just yeah, everything just goes nuts. Everyone goes absolutely bananas. Now, I was just curious because the team I go for, you know, Australia is the biggest club in the country, and if we don't finish first or second, I get angry. So I wouldn't be too sure how to go up and down like Cardiff are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, they've done it a couple of times, but that that man, their manager Neil Warnock, he's uh, I think he's the he holds the record for the most uh, promotions into the Premier League. I think he's taken about six or seven teams up. I'm going to guess he'd probably also have the record for the most firings in the Premier League too. Then, <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you guys play in the Wales Australian Rules Football League, which is a nine-a-side competition, correct? It is. Yep, yep, nine-a-side format. Yep. Yeah, beautiful. Um. What time of the year do you guys play? And there's four other clubs involved. Uh, what clubs are they? So the clubs we have in the league currently. Uh, so ourselves, there's the Cardiff Double Blues as well. 
and the Swansea Magpies, uh, Bristol Dockers, and the Chippenham Redbacks. Uh, our season usually runs then, so luckily it's a summer game. So it runs from usually to what would be round one for us now this coming weekend or the week after, mid-May, and then we run through till like the last week of July or first week of August, and then we go into international uh, fixtures then. So how many games do you guys play, roughly? So we play each other play each other twice, once home and away, and then there's about three three occasions where we'll all come to a central point. All the teams will come together and have a big tournament day, so we'll have a round-robin of short games where we all play each other. All goes towards league points, so it's just, it, just more chances to play each of the sides because there's only a couple of us. It means the, the season's really, really short. Otherwise, it just gives us far more game time by holding these tournaments. Nah, it's always nice when you can get all the clubs together in one area. I'm sure the social side of that would be pretty fun as well. Um, yeah, it is a good laugh. <laughs> are the women's league the same? Women's league slightly different because there's there's less teams around at the moment, which I'm sure is will change in no time. But the ladies, we they play a couple of teams, uh, mostly in the central England. So there's um, they play uh, the University of Birmingham, um, the Nottingham Scorpions, and the Sussex Swans, I believe it is. Um, so there's a fair bit of travelling that they got to do more so than us because the everywhere's a bit further away. So they're on the road a little bit more than than we are. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, you mentioned before we started recording about a university league. Do you want to explain what that yep. is, please? So, university league, that's been going a little while now, but it was only, um, oh, who was it? Birmingham, Oxford and Cambridge, the only universities that used to play in it. But again, a uh, little bit of a baby of the Welsh League president, James Gibson. He wanted to set this up for a, a, quite a number of years, but again, knuckled down, wanted to get this ball rolling spend some time on it and managed to get something get some people interested to see if we can get a collective university side together so we go and travel and play each of those sides twice and there's a little university league that happens now and yeah it's quite it's quite impressive to be fair how it's uh, it's come along so fast and the interest is unbelievable definitely sounds like um james gibson has done a lot of work for the welsh football which is nice to see nice to hear yeah, very, he's invaluable. Um, he's pretty much the fabric of the whole league, to be fair. Oh, nice. So, playing for the Panthers, you guys have been quite successful in the uh, Welsh Aussie Rules League. Uh, how many premierships have you guys won? Uh, if memory serves, I believe we've uh, we've won eight, eight premierships now. Um, yeah, I think it's been eight. Nice. Very. Happy to say, I think I was there. I think, I, yeah. Eight now. Very nice. It's not bad. <laughs> Hopefully, well, I don't know what's going to happen this year. Now I don't know if we're going to get a Premier this year, the way things look. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think we're waiting. Uh, time we're recording this, I think we should find out in the next couple of days if we're going to be able to maybe get back to playing or get back to training earlier than expected. Um, so winning the... Wales Australian Rules Football League. It gives you an invitation to the AFL Europe Champions League, which is held in Amsterdam, a lovely place you'd want to venture to. Um, what is that weekend like playing against the best teams in Europe? And how hard is it to get blokes to convince their wives and partners to let them go? I'd imagine it'd be pretty tough. Um, 
Yes, <laughs> I can tell you a little story about that, actually. Uh, we've only been once before. Uh, I was lucky enough to have attended that one. Um, I, I yeah, have to say it's an unbelievable experience. Um, you get to play against teams and players you never would do normally. Um, the best part is you get to play against the best in Europe, which is a real privilege in itself. Um, there are some unbelievable teams out there. It's a pleasure to get to be able to test ourselves against them. Um, it's quite rare. We've had times where some guys have had their misses say that they're not happy about them going, but um, if they have, they often just go and do it and then do lots of that when they get back. <laughs> um, one lad was so committed one year that he actually went on a weekend away with his girlfriend uh, to the same place as the tournament was being held and he dropped the bombshell on her that, uh, that there's a footy tournament going on nearby and he just so happened to have his boots and the lad needed him. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh... On our um, footy trip this year, night before, I think it was, uh, our captain, all of a sudden his partner just put up on Facebook that they got engaged that day. And none of us, none of us believed it. Everyone's like, nah, it's, he's put it on. He doesn't mean it. He's just trying to get some brownie points. And yeah, so he proposed to her about six hours before he left for footy trip. And we reckon it was so that way he could, didn't have to come home for another couple of days afterwards because she was going to be in the good oh, books already. Wow. <laughs> it was what a- uh, <laughs> a veteran move on his part. Um, so you mentioned, you know, the the university tournaments and um, the Europe tournament. Is there any other tournaments you guys partake in around the UK and Europe? Uh, yeah, there's a couple of preseason tournaments that that get held. Um, there's the Haggis Cup. It gets held in Scotland. Uh, again, these are just open, uh, open invites that anyone can attend um you just got to put in a an attendance fee and stuff for the day so we've been at the haggis cup in scotland there's a a leprechaun cup in ireland as well um there was a fitzpatrick cup that gets held in central england as well there's a few there's quite a few around so how do you guys find getting sponsors and and support for the club Sponsorship, it's, uh, it's, it's a, bit of a bit of a tough nut to crack, to be fair. Um, we haven't invested a lot of time in searching for potential sponsors in years gone by. But this year, we've got a committee of new people dedicated who all agree this needs to be focused on far more. Um, and to be fair, the guys have put some great material together. Um, and They've arranged a few meet and greets and things look quite fruitful. We also have a few repeat sponsors uh, in the likes of GeoRug. They make easy, clean, multi-purpose blankets and Agile Therapy, which is a physio clinic owned by the club's former president. Um, so he's been around it and been in the mix for quite a number of years and still is. We'll make sure that when we put this up, we give your sponsor the shout out. I, yeah, it's nice to see that companies and businesses all around the world are getting involved in Aussie rules. Um, now to my favourite topic that we talk to people about. You've mentioned about... Um, going to Amsterdam and so I mentioned about the social side after um, on your weekends with all the teams. What is the social side like of things that um, Cardiff, like what functions do you do? How do you get people involved on the social stuff? Uh, so we do have regular nights out, either after games or tournaments. Um, last year we held our first ever uh, club fundraiser, which went better than any of us could have hoped. Social secretaries put on great, Great quiz. Uh, they secured some fab prizes. They got loads of people interested and just got loads of people desperate to, to get involved. Uh, we were planning on having another preseason um, fundraiser before 
everything happened, but sadly we couldn't get together to do that. Um, we also have an end of season awards night with some honours given out, um, like players, player, presents, player, things like that. Um, coupled in, thrown in at the end there, we have some uh, funny awards at the end of the night as well, just to, just to finish it off. Yeah, it's one thing I actually realised about halfway through writing the questions to the clubs. I didn't ask about their um, end of season awards, like what awards do they give? Because obviously you have your best and fairest and runners up, and le- like leading goal kicker, best team player. What awards do you guys have? So we have uh, players player, uh, coaches player, um, most improved player, uh, rookie of the year. Um, I think that's that's I think that's about it of the the main the main honours I think, and the rest then is um, just all made up of the uh, the funny accolades then worst injury and things like that. <laughs> Why couldn't we have that one last year? We would have won something. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any trophies from recent years lying about? Uh, I've had a couple. I've had um, I had players player a few years ago. Um, I had a President's Award this year just gone. Um, the, I, I, was asked to, I was asked to captain for the first, I, first time ever, so I did say that if I was going to do this, I want to implement my own style of play and, and change things up a little bit. So luckily I was allowed to do that. And, um, yeah, we managed to come away with a premiership. So I think, um, yeah, the President's Award, thankfully, went, went my way. Um, so, yeah, I was well chuffed about that. Yeah, I definitely think a premiership medallion or award is would be the top of everyone's <laughs> list. Um, so, do you guys do an end of season trip? I know that you've mentioned about you went to Amsterdam for the European Champions League, but do you guys venture off anywhere? Yeah, yeah, we've had a, we've had a, we've had a fair few trips, um, end of season trips. So we've had oh, where have we gone? We've gone to uh, we've been to Rome. That was early doors. That one that was like in the right at the start. That was. We've been to Zagreb in Croatia. Um, there's fantastic players over there. They're a top side. They are a good bunch of boys. Uh, we've been to Amsterdam, um, not just for Champions League, but we went there for an end-of-season tour as well. Um, good bunch of lads there. All Everyone's fantastic. Um, was it the year before last, I believe we went to Odense uh, in Denmark, I think it was. So, yeah, we, we do get around and, yeah, yeah some, some good laughs at the end of the year. We were told by uh, Jamie that if you're going to get a chance to go to Prague, apparently, that's a good place to go for your footy trip. Oh, def- definitely. Want to go there. The reason I actually quite like asking this, asking this question is because we, uh, our boys love a footy trip and I'm looking forward to talking to about how jealous they are that you know, for us to get anywhere beside like overseas or whatnot, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of money and airtime where you guys can literally just zip across wherever you like to go. And yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to them and, waiting for them to start throwing up. Oh, let's go here this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we are lucky in that sense. Um, everything's so close and relatively cheap with flights and things. So, yeah, we are quite lucky. There's loads to choose from. People are screaming every year. People are always getting in touch. Anyone want to come over to have an end of season do, play some footy and hit the beers after? And Yeah, it's just quite a big thing. Loads of teams are doing it constantly. Um, yeah, we do have flexibility of everything so close. It's been nice, though, because... So we spoke to a few clubs already, and they're all they also the same say the same thing that clubs are always reaching out to each other from all around the world to come across. We spoke to um, Thailand's former president Jared a couple of days ago, and he was mm-hmm. saying that it's the same thing. Clubs like teams around the 
the Asia area will reach out to them to try and come down and then they will repay the favor when they yeah. want to go for a trip. And it's, you know, it's something we also, I didn't know about, I don't know about you, Rifty, if you knew that was something that happened around the world because it's definitely not spoken about here. So doing this and learning about that is actually really cool. And I'm enjoying the fact that clubs from all over the world are using Aussie rules as a way to you know, grow the game together and drink beer together as well. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. The um, the guys over in Denmark, they they again, like you said, they approached us, and because um, we built up a bit of a friendship with them when we tried to get the ladies side going, um, so we had a bit of support from them. So we got a good connection anyway. So they just got in touch with us and said, "Do you guys fancy coming over um, and playing some footy?" And they actually, the, a couple of their guys, they actually put some money forward to pay for some of the accommodation for us to, you know, help subsidize that. So yeah, everyone seems to come together particularly when we get these international competitions where everyone gets together, people are always networking and talking and over a beer and stuff. And just these, these great friendships seem to blossom and everyone keeps in touch with each other. It's easy to reach these people then. And if you do want to do these trips, it's, it's easy to find these people. It's great. Yeah. It's uh, something, like you said, it's something we're learning a bit about that how much of a community sort of, you know, AFL Europe, and then even that sort of extends to, the teams connecting between Europe, Asia, and, and everywhere. It's, it's uh, fantastic. And for us, we sort of take that for granted because we can sort of walk out our front door and, and kick a footy to the nearest footy club. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we might not even play for that club. Like our, um, There's sort of footy clubs everywhere. And if you don't play for them, you sort of don't really give too much care to what they're doing and they don't really care much about what we're doing so well what do you what do you reckon rift where we are is what 15 minutes from our home ground how many clubs do you reckon we drive past on our way to Sandown? it'd be what 10 you reckon easy wow. oh do we direct past probably oh, yeah, 10 yeah. yeah and then there's probably you know if we went five minutes either way there's probably another 30 so, wow yeah <laughs> that's unbelievable I've I've been to Oz a couple of times. I mean, my my wife's from Australia. Um, funny enough, she she plays netball for Wales, but now she's got into footy now. So she's in the in our ladies team. Um, so I've gone over there quite a few times, and she's from Perth. There's plenty of footy clubs everywhere, and I just find it staggering. But you guys, from where you're from, footy's an even bigger thing over there. I can imagine. Yeah, well, we live effect- technically in the same suburb. We're about five minutes apart, and I live. 30 seconds from one club and he lives about a minute from another club and they're two different clubs, but they're yeah, five minutes apart, effectively wow. in the same suburb. Um, you mentioned that your wife's a netballer. I've, in Australia, we're very, um, the football netball is the tie-ins together. Is, it yeah. sort of, is there anything like that in Europe where the football and netball clubs are sort of amalgamated together or is it just not something over across there? No, it's, it's not something that we have here. Um, I've, got a, I've got a mate from from Melbourne and he said exactly the same thing his his background is playing for a footy club it's associated with the netball club as well it's like a like a joint thing um and when he was telling me about it I just thought that was fantastic I'd love to have something like that where we can broaden that and have a netball team as well but it's just it, no sadly not it's not something that's sort of done here to be fair yeah we've got a netball team for our at Sandown and as much as we're not happy that we're not playing football and the girls aren't playing netball, we'll be down to half the team because half the team's pregnant at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> the boys That's, done their job in the off season. Yeah, when yes, yeah, when lockdown's happening, there's not much to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so let's uh, sort of find a bit about yourself and uh, your presidency. So how long have you been the president and how did you come to be the president? Uh, so I've only been in the, the position now for about six months. Um, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it's been about six months now. Um, and... Well, so we all, well, I've got my, now as myself and we've got two vice presidents. Um, we've created a, a new committee as well, but we all play an important part now in delivering the vision to take the club forward and grow the game as well. Um, but what happened was our previous president arranged a little get together with myself uh, and the league president before he was about to deliver a coaching session to the ladies university side. Um, totally by surprise, out of the blue, I had no idea and yeah, he just thought that um, I was going to be the right man for the job and he just dropped it on me before the training session. Um, and yeah, without hesitation, I said, yeah, please. I'd, yeah, I'd love to do it. I just uh, hope I do a good job. Make him proud. So how, like, how does your committee work besides you and the two VPs? What other positions do you have on your committee? So myself, the two VPs, uh, we've got a, a social secretary, um, treasurer and a welfare officer. Okay, that's interesting. What sort of a welfare officer? That's something a little bit different. What are, what's their role involved? So we've got a welfare officer uh, as part of it. Now uh, we have a big thing where there's a, a fair few of the guys now that have either been directly affected by um, some mental health issues or know somebody that has. And with a big, um, big emphasis on that being uh, a big talking point, particularly at the moment in the UK, um, we want to make sure that we have these support structures in place where people have somewhere to go if they need to. So we need to have somebody there that's impartial that can offer advice or just be an ear to listen, as well as obviously everybody else is, you know, pretty good like that. But it's just nice sometimes if you don't want to make it public or let somebody know, they can go to the welfare officer and keep it. Uh, quite low key, and then it can be dealt with independently. Well, that's that's amazing. That's uh, some. We uh, recently spoke to a guy who's part of an organisation called Outside the Locker Room here in Australia, and they they are a, a mental health organisation. They deal with uh, sort of education with all sporting clubs, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think you'd find many clubs over here have somebody dedicated to that role. So I think that's. I definitely that, yeah. think it's something that a lot of clubs could look at doing in the future, but I think it's very yeah. important to have somebody there for you know stuff like we spoke about with Todd and when people are going through stuff. Yeah, so yeah, sometimes it just as much as you want to be able to tell your friends, sometimes the that worry of being judged a little bit um, can sort of stop you from speaking out a little bit, and then if you have somebody that you don't know. That's a bit more, a bit more independent. You, it's sometimes it's easier to open up to somebody that you don't know. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we had a little chat about it, and thought if we bring this in, uh, just just opens up another avenue, just in case people are having a tough time or something. No, no I, I, that's actually really impressive. I reckon. Yeah, like uh, like we said, we're we're learning stuff from from doing all these interviews with different clubs. It's another great takeaway that. Uh, we'll be probably looking to implement ourselves. So we are yeah, learning something new all the time. But uh, so you said you've been 
the club's been going since uh, when was it? Oh eight. Eight. Um, yep. Is that when you started playing, or have you did you play footy before that? I started in two thousand and ten, if I remember rightly. Uh, that was when I met my wife. So it was around then because her physio was the um, the previous president of the club. So we just got talking, and that's how I was introduced to it. So yeah, I've been playing ever since then. Yeah. And so it's what sort I of loved it. What position do you away. play? So, I, first of all, first I think it was the first two seasons I started at halfback. Um, and then there was a bit of a gap that needed filling in terms of a half-forward role. And I sort of switched then and had to learn a different part of the game. And I've been half-forward ever since now. So, so, so a bit of a swing man. Little bit, little bit, yeah. It's a bit <laughs> like you, Rift. Yeah, just, just an all-round <laughs> utility. Wherever they need you, they just put you, plug a hole. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, what's your, as you said, you've won uh, players play, you've won a uh, premiership. What's your biggest highlight of playing footy? Biggest highlight? Oof. Um, name, if, if you want to name a couple, that's fine. We're yeah, not going um, to make it just a strict one. <laughs> <laughs> It'd have to be a toss-up with either. I won, um, I won a a place in team of the tournament at European cup in Cork. So every country has one player selected um, that had a, that had a great tournament to make up like a, like a little bit of a, a select side. And I was named that year. Um, so that was pretty amazing. So it has to be that, or I was able to uh, vice captain my country last year at last year's Euro cup. So that was, uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Awesome. So you're vice captain at the Euro Cup. I don't think we touched on how many times have you got to play there? Euro Cup. Oh, I've um, I've been to at least six or seven European Cups now. I think. Been, yeah, it's been quite a few. Oh, good effort. Um, so who do you follow in the AFL? <laughs> the wife from Perth. Uh, she's naturally an Eagles fan, so I <laughs> so I got into that through her. So we'd have something to talk about, and it just went from there. And uh, I quickly ended up knowing a bit more about it than she did. So, <laughs> yeah, you, normally it's the other way around. Normally it's here. The uh, like my wife, for example, didn't go for Essendon when I met her. She went for another team. She was attempted to be brainwashed by her uh, stepdad. And when I got with her, I said, "No, nah, that's not happening. You've got to go for Stop. Essendon." So definitely, I understand it's just reversed. Uh, <laughs> so, have you uh, ever had a chance to go to a game? Yeah, I've been to about three games now. Um, Back in 2010, the first year I went to Australia, um, I went to see uh, an Eagles game when I was still fresh and I was still learning about the game. That was great. And then it was oh, some good few years later then. It was only about maybe three years ago. I went to go and see uh, Dockers and Pies game at um, Subiaco Oval before they got rid of it. And then was it last year or the year before then, I went to the new Optus Stadium to see the Eagles against the Demons. Nice, yeah. I've, uh, watching on TV, the Optus new Optus Stadium looks like a great venue to go to. It's uh, it's lovely inside. Yeah, a, yeah, great place to nice. go watch footy. So have you have you been yeah. to the G at all, the MCG? Sadly, not. I would love to. Um, I have toyed with the idea with the wife before about taking up one of those uh, those packages where you can go for dinner and stuff, which is probably about fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars or something. It's a bit on my price range, but one day, one day I'll. Definitely try to get 
Yeah, you definitely got to put it on the bucket list. I think there's it's, it's definitely especially, especially a big a big blockbuster. There's nothing that compares to being at the G for a big clash. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get some sort of uh, questions about your teammates and just a few funny things to yeah. You can throw your teammates under the bus if you want, but um, at your club, which player would be loving isolation and who would be hating it? Uh, hating isolation probably have to be Callum. Uh, he loves his photography, big into his photography. is what he does for a living, and he loves his mountain biking. So at the moment, sadly, they've been taken away from him, so there's no more of that for him. So he's probably going to be hating that. Um, <laughs> Not sure about anyone loving isolation at the moment, to be fair. Everyone's quite gregarious and enjoys the outdoors. And I, everyone's just going to be desperate to get back to footy at this point. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a bit of a tough one, that. Yeah, that's uh, pretty common. Yeah, definitely similar to most of our answers we've had from our players. Um, so which player at your club would make the best reality TV star and why? <laughs> Probably has to be Rodri. And everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna be listening. To this going, yeah, hands down, one hundred percent. If you could put a camera on that boy and just watch some of the stuff he gets to up to, like a fly on the wall thing, it's just, he's it, very entertaining. He's got some great stories, and he just says the, the the strangest of things. But it's yeah, it's a laugh a minute, honestly. I think we've spoke to about maybe just over ten of our players. And it's literally been the same two people every time. So I think <laughs> I'll definitely understand, I understand what you mean by everyone listening from your club will be sitting there going, yeah, definitely yep. him. Yep. I'll give a shout out to, was it Jorge Exotic now is his name? Rifty, is that what he's yeah. going with now? Jorge Exotic yeah. and, uh, and the, the Bear, bear trap. trap. Yep. Um, <laughs> what's the funniest thing you can think of you've seen happen either playing footy in Europe and Wales or um, you know, afterwards when you're around socialising? Uh, that you can say on air that we don't need to edit here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just recently, not, not that long ago, uh, during the university league. Um, so I, I doubled in a bit of coaching. So I was often there for the uni games for the girls. Uh, one of our girls who's quite well seasoned. She's pretty good. She knows what she's doing. Don't know what happened. She just happened to pick the ball up and start running in the completely the wrong direction, dodging players, me in the shoulder and then actually put the ball up what she thought was full forward was actually a full back causing all sorts of trouble <laughs> well, i've that seen that brilliant. happen quite a few times yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure there was one where i can't know who it was but it was similar to that at our home ground he's taking the ball out the center and literally dodged two or three players and everyone's screaming at him you're going the wrong way and he's just literally kicked yep. it and hit the like the opposition full forward and I think it was actually a fairly close game as well at that point. So it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> funny until about six beers in and we could see the funny side of it. There's, it's definitely a highlight. Of, you just can't help but laugh when that happens, but it, it's happened a few times, especially when it happens to somebody that is seasoned and an experienced player. Yeah. Like I've seen it happen. We had a few boys that come down from rugby and, we're playing the, you know, the first one or two games for us, and yeah, he's got the clearance straight out the middle and gone the wrong way. But <laughs> that can be excused when he's uh, new to the game. But it's uh, even funnier when someone who's been playing a fair while does it. Definitely, yeah. She picked the ball up, and uh, she was so hell bent on 
I think she thought she was just having this fantastic moment that she was cleaning up and creaming everybody because everyone sort of eased off a little bit. And then she yeah. thumped what she thought was up front and ended up going straight into the back line. So at our club and clubs all over Australia, on a Thursday night selection, that would be a fine. So you'd have to give a couple of dollars to the tin. So like Falcons and anything stupid that happens, we'd get yep. a fine. Do you guys have a system like that over there? We do. We do have a fine system. Um, it was something that I experienced when I was in um, Perth a few years ago, and I trained with a, I trained with the team out there, and uh, it was this was my first introduction to a fine system like that. And I thought this is brilliant. I want to, I want to bring that back. It's just to raise, as you said, just to raise a, a couple of quid for the club throughout the season, just for like fifty p here, fifty p there, just for some funny stuff. We do have a fines officer, and it's uh, it's our friend Rodri we were on about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> put himself forward he's he, he was, it's definitely his thing so yeah he went straight to him for the, being the fines officer so the bloke that um we mentioned that has been named numerous times as the reality tv star for our club i think it was 2018 the uh shenanigans he was getting up to he ended up with his own fine tin at the club and it had more money in it than the actual club one itself <laughs> <laughs> So I was thinking maybe that's why uh, your club decided to take up the role of fines officers who didn't have to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. He'd be high on the list, I think, of uh, the amount of money he'd be owing without a doubt. Oh, well, a couple more questions to finish up. But um, So how are you guys as a club getting through the sort of lockdown and, and being able to stay connected with your players? Um, it's mostly... Um, through the medium of Zoom at the moment. It seems to be the go-to thing or video calling through um, WhatsApp. But Zoom seems to be the one because you can have multiple people on the call at the moment. But uh, what we've arranged is every Wednesday we have a quiz, um, short series of questions just to keep it fun and interesting. And then a different person each week then will will host the quiz and be the quiz master. Um, but then we've just introduced, because it's gone on a few weeks now, we're all chomping at the bit to get together and have a, couple of drinks and have some laughs and talk about some, you know, old, old footy memories, but we don't have that luxury, but we've decided to throw little zoom meetings on a Saturday now. So we'll all just get together a load of us sign in and uh, have a virtual drinking party and just, yeah, have a little social that way. It's a bit strange, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we've been doing. Um, so when we first started doing this, we were sort of doing it on Fridays and Saturday nights and, We'd finish yeah. chatting to the players and I would be handful of stubbies in and ready for a chat. So it sort of turns into almost every Saturday night or Friday night, we'd send out a Zoom uh, yeah. meeting and just literally some blokes would just sit there and don't really say anything. They just enjoy hearing their mate's voice. And um, Yeah, definitely. With you talking about how you have a welfare officer at the club, um, Todd Morgan from outside the locker room was saying that things like the Zoom meeting and just having a beer over there or not even a beer, just t- talking to your mates is... um very important it can be very good for your mental health through this period so you know it's good to see clubs um you know doing things like that to keep their players and everyone you know in good spirits yeah it can be quite stressful um you don't have that outlet of footy at the moment or the social setting um and this just provides that ability as you said you don't always have to be there telling all the all the funny stories it's just nice to see your friends and just hear their voice and listen to the stories and that's enough to you know, keep you going and keep you in a good place in your head for sure. Yeah, sometimes um, was it Rifty a couple of weeks ago with uh, again Jorge Exotic? It wasn't exactly the, <laughs> the, the the greatest 
thing in the world in the state he was in. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's, uh, he's definitely um, enjoyed his off season with a uh, pasta every night. And um, so he's put on a few kegs and when he, his camera pops up and he's shirtless, it's, it wasn't a great sight. Well, I think it's um, pretty like with everyone we've spoken to everyone sort of using zoom and, and these kinds of uh, programs to stay connected with their club. And I think it's, if we if you got to choose a time to be in, you know stuck in a pandemic like we are now, I think with the technology we have, we're pretty lucky that we're able to to stay connected like this. So I can't imagine what it would have been like years ago when uh you know we didn't have these luxuries. So. Even three years ago, I reckon we would have been in a bit of yeah. strife. Um, but sort of speaking of the technology and and all that sort of stuff, uh, how do we guys get connected to? The Cardiff Panthers, where can we find you online and follow along the Cardiff journey? So we've got a, a couple of social media outlets. So we're, on, we're on Facebook. If you just pop in Cardiff Panthers AFL, uh, you can find us there. We are on Twitter as well. At, and we're at Cardiff Panther, capital C, capital P. And we're also on Instagram as well. If you do a little search for Cardiff Panthers, we'll pop up on there as well. Yeah, fantastic. We'll definitely... Uh, tag those and share and um, hopefully you get a few followers that follow along the, the journey of Cardiff and um, you know, who knows, you might even get some Aussies jumping ship over there to, to partake in at some Europe cups and trips to yep. Amsterdam. If it, and once they hear about all the fun times you guys get to get up to. Yeah. Then you boys want to come over. Doors always open, mate. Honestly. Yeah. Come over and uh, experience the crazy European life. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the, the same goes to any of the uh, Cardiff Panthers and yourself. If you're ever over Aussie way and, and need a place to have a kick of the footy, Edinburgh Reserve is always open for everyone. So, yeah, if you uh, do find yourself over this way and need a place to kick, we're always Good. here. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Uh, anything else you want to add, Ed Dog? Uh, just a couple of things. You mentioned about... Um, our players, if they're over in Europe, I got a slight feeling we might lose three of our players going on trips in the winter and just club hopping around to the clubs <laughs> that they're spoken to because it sounds like they uh, enjoy a good time over there and can do it while playing footy. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, there's there's plenty of teams and yeah, there's plenty of teams in various different countries that would love to have anybody that wants to come by for a visit. I mean, you guys, I know you're really popular on traveling around Europe and stuff. If you wanted to bounce around from country to country and find a footy team there, they would, they'd have you in a flash. Oh, You'd love it. We do appreciate that. Um, I just want to thank you for your time on what is a Saturday evening for you guys. Um, also just want to give a big shout out to James Gibson. He's been mentioned a couple of times from the sounds of um, talking to you. He has done a lot for footy in Wales and he was the one that um, put me on to, to you to be able to get you on um, this, this morning for us and um, yeah I think we might send across a jumper or a polo shirt or something to Cardiff mate what do you reckon Rift? Yeah sure we'll uh, send over a top of some sort and you know if you're unable to get your partnership going with uh, the Panthers over in Adelaide you could always you know change to the Cardiff Cobras and uh... <laughs> yeah brilliant <laughs> Thanks, lads. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, Cardiff. 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 That sounds. That sounds. That's got 
quite a nice ring to it, I reckon. Yeah, it's got a yeah, it's got a nice little nice little bite to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cobras. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Brilliant. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, enjoy your evening, and uh, yeah, like we said, follow along on their socials, and we'll definitely be uh, following along your journey once you guys get back up and running. And we might um, have to catch up with you again once if you do get a season underway after you take home another premiership. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Yeah, if we can get it going, I'd love to. I'd love to be able to take another one home. That'd be wonderful. Awesome. I wonder if it's going to be like um, we spoke with Jamie from West Lothian. How long would it take us to get him on after winning a flag? Yeah, well, he said it. <laughs> I think we Party worked out with West while, Lothian. So. Yeah, I think with West Lothian, we worked out that they won the flag in September. It'd be about February by the time we could get him on to talk about it. Lazy hell. <laughs> <laughs> they like their sauce over there. <laughs> don't blame him I'd be exactly the same so I wasn't going to look down on him uh, thanks mate so thanks for joining us for this episode of the Cobracast around the globe uh, I hope you enjoyed the chat with Scott Jones from uh, Cardiff in Wales and learnt a bit about what they're doing over there for football um, we we certainly learnt a lot uh, how about you at dog what did you Mate, uh, I've said it a couple of times on air and off air to you pretty much every time we jump off these chats, but what we're learning from these clubs around the world is just incredible. The things that they do, we used to cross here in Australia and go, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that, we've got that going on. But these clubs like Cardiff, you know, the welfare manager, they're a club of you know, not even 20 people and they've got a welfare manager. It's something over here that we maybe should uh, take stock of and try and work our own way to getting, doing stuff like that around here. Yeah, it was um, very eye-opening. And like you said, we're, we're learning from everyone, all these different things, you know, the great community work and different things these clubs are doing. So um, it's been probably more beneficial for us to have these chats than it has been for them. But, oh, well, we'll take it. But what do we got coming up? we got uh, got plenty uh-huh. coming up, don't we? Mate, tomorrow night we have got what was my lead into it, my favourite guest. He was the one that I was trying to get on. Yoda, my favourite runner in not just the SFL and not just Australia, the whole world. Good old Dinger. He used to Dinger. Cam Dinger. One. Cam Dinger. Cam, as he likes to be called, Cam Dinger. But uh, yeah, he did snob us off a little bit at the start of that uh, interview. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, we 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 caught him in the middle of uh, you know the races, so yeah. he was a uh, he was a little bit you know he, he, bit he, preoccupied, but he we talk- still. Got a good chat out of him. And he told us he was ready to go. Apparently not. But uh, no, nah, Dinger, I was absolutely wrapped to get him on. Um, and then on uh, Thursday night, we're off to Stat. Stat. Mark, do you want to give us a hand here, mate? Yeah, I'm struggling with it. France? Ah, France. Yes, France. Yep. France, yeah. France. Uh, we're going to the, what is it? South, southeast yeah, of France. South, yeah, down to the old Richie Beno Vineyards, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, State to Luzon. Ah, it's nice to see you've worked on it, mate. State to Luzon. That's yeah. very nice. Uh, yeah. We spoke to three gentlemen from the STFA, State to Luzon Football Australian team. Um, it was another great chat about another great uh, international club. And yeah. Yeah, we spoke to. Uh, Benjamin, Stefan, and Antoine, and what you won't see is the ten minutes. Before-
before we started the interview recording it that uh, myself and Rifty spent with him trying to get them to get us to pronounce it correctly. And as you can see, uh, my pronunciation of English <laughs> for that isn't uh, the greatest at the best of times. So I was yeah, never really going to work with the French. But Rifty, after a good 10 minutes, has finally got the hang of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll getting there. But uh, it's safe to say a few questions got lost in translation a little bit. Um, but, you know, they are, English is their second language. Luckily, Anton had spent a fair bit of time in Australia, so he was able to help us out a little bit. So I hope you enjoy our chat with State Toulouson and Dinger interview and everything else we got coming up. We've got a heap more in the bank ready to go. So uh, keep watching and hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Now playing podcast Cobra Cast with the present VP.